How many of you ready for God's Word right now? You ready in Galloway? You ready in Phoenix? You ready in Hillcrest? Are you ready here in Mayville? All right, lift your hands and say, Lord, I'm ready for your Word. The entrance of your Word brings light, and it gives understanding to the simple. And so today, my ears are attentive. My heart is receptive. Thank you for your Word that comes right now in Jesus' name. All right, so let's look at Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, and we're going to just read the first four verses in the New King James Version. Luke 5, verse 1, it says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, or Gennesaret. I think, I think it's, is it Gennesaret? Uh, do we have any theologians in the house? But anyways, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Hallelujah. He said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm ready for a big catch today. Come on, look at somebody like a, as if you have a bit of faith and say, I'm ready for a big catch today. Now, Father, we want to thank you for your word as your word comes to us. You said heaven and earth would not pass away. Lord, would pass away, but your word will never, ever, ever pass away. And I thank you today that your word comes not in the might of a man, not in the strength of a man, but I thank you that it comes carried by you. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that even it would be spirit unto spirit right now, that your word would become flesh and blood on the inside of us, that you said man would not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from out of your mouth. And so I thank you for a word that will invigorate, a word that will build faith on the inside of men and women in this place right now, that your word has the power to do whatever is necessary, whatever is needed, and we vow to give you all of the praise and the glory in Jesus' mighty name and every Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Look at somebody and say, Limitless 2019. That is our theme for this year, Limitless 2019. We are believing and trusting and joining our faith together with every single one of you right across the various campuses that this year will be a year of exceedingly abundantly above all that you have ever thought, all that you have ever asked for, all that you have ever imagined. Can you say amen? If you believe that, if you really believe that, shout hallelujah, I receive it. Amen. So it's an interesting passage of Scripture as we look here. Verse 1, I want to begin with verse 1. It says there that the multitudes pressed about him. Who do they press about? Who do they press about? They pressed about him to hear the word of God. I want to say to you, people 
in Jesus' day didn't come because of the disciples, didn't come because, you know, they had uh, beautiful horses and beautiful donkeys and whatever other reason you might want to give. People came because of one person, and that was Jesus Christ. And let me tell you that every gathering that we come to, it's not about any single person. It is about one person. His name is Jesus Christ. I want you to say the name Jesus right now. Right across the campus, can we say that name? Say it like you believe that name. Then I want you to say, Lord Jesus. Say it like you have a bit of faith right now. And then right across the campuses, I need to hear you say, Lord Jesus Christ. Say it one more time. Hallelujah. Our job, whatever job it is, is to lift up that name, to exalt that name that people would see because of our immense love for that name that others would be drawn because of what's his name? Hallelujah. Now, here's the first thing that I want to tell you. People are attracted to the presence of Jesus. I don't care who that person is. I don't care that he, if he never heard the word Jesus, if he never had the Bible, if he was grown up in some atheist home, people right across the world, every single person is attracted to the presence of Jesus. Let me just say, when we lose sight of Jesus, then we lose sight of everything because everything becomes about me, about myself, about I, about how I feel. And then it becomes like, well, what can I get of it? How can I be blessed? And we become self-absorbed and really we become engrossed with ourselves instead of realizing, you know what, that I once was lost, but now I've been found. I once was blind, but now I see. And Jesus took out the stony heart that was on the inside of me, and he put a heart of flesh on the inside of me. He washed me in his blood. He forgave me. He gave me another chance, and now my job is to lift up the name of Jesus so that through my doing that, others would be drawn to him. Can you say amen? When you look at the New Testament church and you see the way that they grew, that it says they went from multitude, from, from uh, people being added. People were added. 3,000 were added on the day of Pentecost. Then 5,000 were added, and disciples were added. And suddenly you start to see that they went from adding to multiplication. Hallelujah. Why? Because the New Testament church lifted up Jesus. Everything revolved about Jesus. People didn't come to the New Testament church because of special favors that were granted to them. They came because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? And so people are not only attracted to Jesus, but they are attracted to his presence and to his word. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? And let me tell you that you can never have too much of God's Word. Look at somebody and tell them, friend, you can never have too much of the Word. You can never have too much of this. Don't be afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. to. No, you'll never overdo it. You can have too much of Facebook. 
You can have too much of what he said and she said. You can have too much of what this politician is saying and that politician is saying. But you can never have too much of the word. I don't know who I'm speaking to right now. Look at somebody and tell them, friend, you can never have too much of the word. Well, you know, we need to just have the word in balance. No, you don't need to have the word in balance. That word is like a spiritual food to you. And just like you eat breakfast and you have lunch and you have done dinner and some of you eat in between all the time, you need the word all the time. Any available moment that you have to get the word on the inside of it, you better grab it with all that you've got. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Jesus, let me tell you, was the Word that was made flesh and blood. You see, when you get the Word, you get Jesus. Can I say it one more time? When you, it, when you get the Word, you get Jesus. And when you get Jesus, I mean you get the real substance. Jesus is the living, walking, talking expression of God. He was the living, walking, talking Word. In John 1 and verse 1, it says there, in the beginning was the, or in the beginning was the, and then it says, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, and the Word was, and the Word was. Now, it's impossible to read John 1, 1 without reading Genesis 1, 1. And when you read Genesis 1, 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How did he create that? With the Word. He spoke the Word, and the, and the world was created. Hallelujah. And so when you look at these two scriptures, you realize that John, his purpose was to let you know that Jesus is the God-man who is wrapped up in human skin, in human flesh. Say that with me. Jesus is the God-man, and he's wrapped up in human skin. What does that mean? That Jesus is altogether God. He was altogether God, and he was altogether man, and at the same time, he was one person. And then when you look at John 1, verse 14, you go down to verse 14, and it says there, and the Word became flesh. And the Word what? I can't hear you in Phoenix. I can't hear you in Galway. And the Word what? Was made, was made was made, was made flesh, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we, what did we do? We beheld whose glory? Jesus' glory. The Word was made flesh, and we, we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. So what does that mean? That means that the revelation of God started with creation but didn't end there. God is not only omnipresent, which means he's everywhere, all at the same time without ever being divided, but he is also a personal God. Can you say amen? He's also a personal God. And so when you look at the ministry of Jesus, which was really three things. He came preaching, he came teaching, and he came healing all who were sick. 
Not, not everybody received their healing. We read the one time that when he got into his hometown, he could do no miracles there because of their unbelief. But his ministry was teaching, his ministry was preaching, and his ministry was healing the sick. And everything about the life and work of Jesus, God communicated himself through Jesus. So I'd like to say it like this, that creation is God's overall revelation to mankind. But Jesus Christ is God's personal revelation to you and I. That when God created the universe, that was his revelation to humanity. I am omnipresent. I am all-powerful. I am all-wisdom. I am all-knowing. But when Jesus came in the form of human skin, it was God's personal revelation, God's personal message of himself to you and I. Can you say amen? So in the Old Testament, God spoke the Word, and then we beheld the glory of creation. But in the New Testament, hallelujah, Jesus was the eternal Word that became flesh and blood, and now we get to behold His glory. In other words, Jesus is God's personal Word to you and me. He, he is God's personal message to you and, and myself. Look at somebody and tell them, Jesus is God's personal message to you. Come on, look at, look at somebody and tell them like you have a bit of faith. Jesus is God's personal message to you. A message about what? Message about His love. Message about His kindness. Message about His goodness. Message about the fact that he came to save you, came to forgive you, that he's ready to sanctify you, to justify you. It is God's personal message to every single person. Can you say amen? Look at somebody right now and tell them, Jesus is God's personal message to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like you need to say it one more time because this is about personalizing this thing. This is not generalizing it. It is personalizing it. That's why David could say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall. He made it personal. Look at somebody once more and tell them, God, Jesus, is God's personal message to you. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that they pressed into Jesus to do what? To hear the word. That word pressing indicates a hunger. What does it indicate? A hunger. Let me make this statement. Hunger for God and his word creates the basis for what he will do in your life. Can I get a better amen today? Come on, the more of the Word you have on the inside of you, the greater God's capacity to work something in your life. He cannot work with nothing. You have to give God something to work with. He's given you the Word. Our job is to get the Word on the inside of you. And if you have a hunger for the Word of God, that creates a basis for God to do something incredible. How many of you are believing Limitless 2019? It's based on what is on the inside of your heart. Can you say amen? amen. 
Hallelujah. God works with His Word, and the Bible says that He constantly watches over His Word to perform it. That's in Jeremiah 1 and verse 12. I don't know if you can get the amplified version, but Jeremiah 1 and verse 12 says, Then said the Lord to me, I don't know if you can, can we get it up? You have seen well, for I am alert. I am what? I am alert and active. And then to do what? Watching over. Yeah. I am alert and active. That's if I have the Word in, uh, on the inside of you. If the Word is on the inside of you, then God says, I am alert and I am active. And what is my job? To watch over my Word to see that it is performed in your life. Can you say Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, and if you love God, then you will love His Word. And if you love His Word, then you will love Jesus. And everything about your life will be about Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel Jesus in this place. People will be drawn to you, not because of you, but because of Jesus on the inside of you. Businesses will bypass everybody else and come to you and sign a deal with you, not because of you, but because of Jesus on the inside of you, because you have the Word. You have pressed into the Word. You have made yourself hungry and thirsty for the Word, and God says, now I am alert and active, and I am watching over my Word to bring it to pass in your life. Can you say Amen. So the multitudes pressed in because they were hungry. Hallelujah. And if you are hungry, God says, I'm not going to give you any food. I'll not fill you. Uh, is that what he said? He said, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. God will never turn you away if you are genuinely hungry for his presence and genuinely hungry for his word. Hallelujah. He will open up the doors of heaven. He will do whatever he needs to do because he will satisfy that hunger and meet that hunger and that thirst on the inside of you. Can you say amen? amen. That's what Matthew 5 and 6 says. Matthew 5 and 6 in the message translation, in the message Bible says, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. Mm. You're blessed. I mean, if you have worked up a good appetite for God, come on, this is what this prayer and fasting week is all about. We're going to work up a good appetite for God. And he says, you're blessed. His he's food, he is food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. How enriched you are. When you crave righteousness, for you will be surrounded with fruitfulness. Can you say praise the Lord? And can I say something? There is nobody that will be more beneficial to himself and to others and to his family and to society at large than somebody that is filled with the Word of God. 
You'll do yourself a favor. You'll do your marriage a big favor. You'll do your spouse a big favor. You'll do your children a big favor. You'll do even the colleagues at work that you work with a big favor if you could fill yourself up with the Word of God because you become a better person. The more of the Word you have, the more of Jesus you have, and the more of Jesus you have, the better person you become. Can I get an amen? Amen. Paul said it like this in Romans 1 and verse 15. He said, so as much as is in me, I am ready to preach. Hallelujah. He said, he didn't say I'm ready to preach. He said what? As much as is in me, I'm ready. As much as is in me. My question to you in every campus right now, how much is in you? Because as much as is in you means that that is as much as you are ready. Oh, I'm ready for 2019. Limitless 20. Well, what's on the inside of you? How much of the Word do you have on? He said, as much, as much as is in me, I am ready to preach. As much as is in me, I am ready to receive from God. You are only as ready as your heart is ready. You might have all the clothes, the belt, the shoes, the watch, the car. You can even have the lifting up the hands. Go through even hallelujah, amen at the right time. But you are only as ready as your heart is ready. Look at somebody and tell them as much as is in me, I'm ready. Hallelujah. And the heart is readied and prepared high by the Word as the Word comes in. The Word prepares you to be ready. Ready for what? Ready for any God opportunity, any God moment that comes my way that I can see that, I can perceive that, and I can seize that opportunity, and I can receive what God has. Why? Because as much as is in me, I'm ready. That's why the Bible school... Durban Christian Center, Bible Institute, getting the Word on the inside of you. I don't care if you've done two years. I don't care if you've done five years. I don't care if you studied at some other church. You've always got to be getting into the Word. I'm always getting into the Word. There's stuff that I don't know in this Bible still today. And probably when I die, I probably still won't know some stuff in the Bible. But it doesn't stop me from reading the Word and learning the Word, and preaching the Word, and getting into the Word. The moment you think you've arrived is the moment that you are really have come to the end of yourself. We can say bye-bye to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Jesus. Bye-bye, presence. Bye-bye, favor. Bye-bye, blessing. Can I get an amen? amen? Can I get a better amen? amen. Hallelujah. Having your heart prepared and readied by the Word. You know what it's like? It's like having a runway that's ready for planes to land on. Hallelujah. That's how your heart is. When you get the Word on the inside of you, hallelujah, your heart becomes ready and prepared. Listen, not all planes land at any airport. If you go down to the small little airport here at Virginia, no jumbos can land there. There's only the two-seaters. Maybe four-seaters. Maybe the, I don't know what jets you have, the 12-seater jets. But that's about it. 
Some of you have having two, you, 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 you've been having two seaters and four, and every so often one person on a helicopter lands on your runway and delivers you goods. But I'm here to declare, come on, that there's some jumbos that need to start landing on the runway of your heart. There are some A380s fully loaded and fully, fully charged. Listen, the United States Air Force has the C-17. Can we look at that plane? My goodness, imagine that plane in the spirit. It's getting ready to land. Hallelujah. It's fully loaded with the blessings of God, with the cargo of God, with the miracles of God, with the opportunity of God. And when that plane lands, can you see in the distance? There are about 10 more that are ready to land upon your business, upon your life, upon your business, upon your situation. Hallelujah. Bump your neighbor and say, neighbor, as much as is in me. Come on, as much as is in me. I am ready. Look at somebody right across the campus and look at them in the eye and say, as much as is in you, you will be ready. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. So the Bible says, verse 1, as they pressed about to hear him and hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. He stood by that lake. Jesus was standing by that lake, also called the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Tiberias. And actually that plain, that valley where that lake was, was known for its richness and very fertile soil. Hallelujah. I don't care where you go in this world. The best place that you can ever be in is in the will of God. In that will, in that place that God wants you to be, let me tell you, everywhere else it might be fruitless and barren and dares it, but where God has called you, where He has planted you, where He has placed you, that place will be rich and fertile and able to produce much for you and your family. Can you say amen? amen. But He's there by the lake of Genesis, which is really just an open expanse of water. Can we have that clip of Limitless 2019. Hallelujah. See, when you looked at that span of water. There's no limit. You can't see land on either. Anybody ever been in the middle of the ocean? It's a little bit scary to begin with, but if you can just use your imagine, you say there's no land. There's nobody around. In other words, what comes to your mind is there's no limits here. There's no boundary here. There's no obstacles here. There's no hindrances here. Can you say Amen. That's the place of limitlessness in God. The place where he does exceedingly abundantly above what we could ever think or imagine or hope. So what does an open expanse of water mean in the Bible symbolically? An open expanse of water really speaks of the supernatural. What does it speak of? 
It speaks of the supernatural. When you see an open expanse of water, it speaks of the flow and the moving of the Spirit, the miraculous. It's the place of exceedingly abundantly above. It is the place of limitlessness in God. Hallelujah. And that open expanse means there's simply no limit with God, that He is all-powerful. He is all-sufficiency. He is all-strength. What did God tell Abraham when He called him out of Ur of the Chaldeans, out of that land? In Genesis chapter 13, He says, look, lift up your eyes, Abe. Lift up your eyes. In Genesis 3 and verse 14, and the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Verse 15, for all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever, and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Hallelujah. He said, Abraham, as far as your eye can see is what you can have. As far as your eyes can see is what you can have. See, Jesus is being very clever here. The people pressed around him. He's preaching the word, so faith is coming. He's standing next to the lake trying to give them a mental picture. Hallelujah. He's trying to say, I want you to use your faith. And with your faith, I want you to paint on the canvas of your imagination. If you can see that open expanse of water that represents no bounds, that there is absolutely nothing that God is not able to do, He is able to do everything. That impossible can become possible in the hands of Almighty God. But I need you to get the Word on the inside of you. I need there to be faith, and I need your faith to be a paintbrush and can paint on the canvas of your imagination. Hallelujah. And there were two boats that were there on the shore. Those boats were, the best place for those boats would be where? Where, where would you say the best place for those boats would be? In the garage? Hmm? Up on some trestles? Where's the best place for those boats to be? On the water. Where's the best place for those nets to be? In the water. Doing what? Catching the fish. Hallelujah. And Jesus takes what is fruitless and what is seemingly useless, and he gets into the one boat, hallelujah, which is Simon's Peter, Simon Peter's boat. He says, Peter, I need your business right now. You think your business is there to make money? Yeah, it's to make a profit. That's right. You think your business is there to give uh, employment, to give jobs to people? Yes, it is. But primarily your business is there so that Jesus can preach the kingdom through you, so that those round about you can see the love and the power of the Holy Ghost in and through your life. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, when you give Jesus your business, you will never... You will never be shortchanged. I don't care what you've been told. I don't care what you've seen on television. 
What you see on television is not the true representation of Christianity and the Jesus that we read in the Bible. But I know one thing, that if you give your business to God and you make him the CEO of your business, I don't care if you are in the Amazon River, if you are somewhere in the North Pole, South Pole, if you are smack bang in the equator in some forest, if you have a business there of sorts and you give that business to Jesus, let me tell you, that business business will prosper. He will never shortchange you. Can I get a better amen? And so there's, these boats are lying there. The net is lying there instead of being used by God. Listen, there are some things in your life that the enemy has crippled and paralyzed that needs to be loosed and used by God. Can you say Amen. Let me say this. There are things in your life right now that you have that were purposed to be used by God for God. Hello? Can I say that one more time? There are certain giftings, certain things that you have in your hands right now. You might not see it, but that were given to you, purposed to be used by God for God. Hallelujah. Can you say Amen. And so Jesus gets into that boat, and he begins to preach, hallelujah. And as he does so, let me tell you, he turns fruitlessness into what is fruitful. That means that he can take even those areas of your life that have been bruised and disappointed, where you've been hurt, where you've been let down. Jesus is either Lord of all, or he is not Lord at all. That includes even those areas that you've got a no-entry sign those errors that have been marred, those errors that have maybe brought shame and embarrassment to you. Hallelujah. Jesus is the kind of person that will go into your mess. He specializes in turning your mess into a message. He specializes in, in, in all of the disappointments that you've had, all the letdowns, all the bruises, all he said and she said and they said and they treated you like this and they did this to you. He can take all of that if you give that to him and he can turn all of what seemed to be a failure in your life and bring about the greatest victory in your life. Can I get an amen today in this place? Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? And then in verse 4, look at what it says. He stopped speaking, and he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So Jesus gives an instruction which on the surface seems to be like crazy. It seems to be illogical because Peter says, man, We've been fishing here all day. I, listen, we, we, you're, you're not telling us something new. We've already done this. In fact, I know the entire lake. I know every part of this lake. I know what time of the night you, you can catch this fish and catch that. We, we, we've done it all. Jesus gives a statement, makes a statement that makes no sense, is illogical, probably is not politically correct, but how many of you know that Jesus oftentimes tells you stuff that makes no sense just to see what your response is? Anybody ever find that out? Just to see how you react. Because he's either Lord of your life or not Lord at all. 
And so Jesus is saying, I know what you're going to say to me, Simon Peter, but I'm just throwing that out here because I want to, am I Lord over every part of your life? Are you, uh, or otherwise I'm not Lord at all. Let's see, Peter, if I give you this statement, how far are you willing to trust me? How far are you, and I just feel like right now in my heart that that is what the Lord is asking many of us. When it comes to 2019, I mean, if we look into the world and we look at the economics and we look at the political climate and we look at what's happening, it's not a pretty sight. Everywhere, all in the whole wide world, everything is subject to change. Everything is volatile. The contact you had today that was helping you tomorrow will be no longer And what he was helping you, you didn't realize that there's somehow that's open doors for other things to come in. You give your your heart to bribery and corruption. The end is not going to be good. Let me say that one more time. Some of you sitting here right now know what I'm talking about because you opened the door a little bit to that. And you tasted of that bitterness. Some of you put your trust in politicians and in this one and that one. And actually, you are more in a financial mess than you've ever been. You know why? Because the only person that you can trust is God. The only person. I mean, in the natural. In the natural. You would want to pack up your bags and leave. In the natural, you you don't want to multiply that business and start franchises. In the natural. But I'm not talking to you about the natural. I'm talking to you about the supernatural. Hallelujah. The crowds pressed about to hear Jesus and the Word of God. Don't worry about what anybody else is saying. Just get yourself in the Word. Immerse yourself in the Word and allow God to speak into your spirit, man. And whatever he tells you to do, you do that. He says, Simon, are you ready right now? I know that you've been singing, I, I surrender all. I surrender all. You're really surrendering? Or is your trust in that boss? Is your trust in that transaction? Is your trust in that contact? You got a contact. Ooh, got a contact. (laughs) But you don't know the contact that we as the children of God have. Hallelujah. Your contact can be gone tomorrow. Just like that. But my contact... He's from everlasting to everlasting. He is the great I am. He is the El Shaddai. He is your El Gabor, the Lord who is strong and mighty. And here's what I like about my contact. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, Simon Peter, what I'm really trying to tell you is let go and let God. Let go and let God. Letting go and letting God might not be the best, the easiest way. This is probably going to be difficult, but I can guarantee you something. It'll be the best way. Might not be the easiest way, 
but it'll be the best way. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to stand up right now. Can we get that declaration? I want us to get the declaration that we spoke, uh, that we declared on the 31st of December. And right across the campuses right now, in, in Galway, Galway, you ready? Mabel, you ready? Phoenix, are you guys ready? Hillcrest, are you ready? And I want you to speak this declaration over your life today. Can you, are you ready? I said, are you ready? Okay, here we go. Heavenly Father, we declare that you are eternal and infinite, that you existed before time began and that you will forever be our God. We declare that you are all-powerful, you are all-knowing, you are all-capable, and that nothing is too difficult for you to accomplish. You are everywhere, all at the same time, and yet never divided. There is no one above you, no one greater than you. You are undefeated and unmatched. And no one runs even a close second place to you. You are unlimited in your power. You are unlimited in your authority. You are unlimited in your influence. You are unlimited in your abilities. You are unlimited in your love. You are unlimited in your capacity to forgive and redeem mankind. We declare that 2019 will be the year where you will manifest your limitlessness through us and that you will do exceedingly, abundantly above all we ask, think, or imagine infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams according to the power that works in us. We declare that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same Spirit living in us, quickening our mortal bodies and giving us limitless life and limitless power. This will be our year of manifesting your limitless greatness and goodness to our world in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Praise the Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, nobody moving right across the campuses. You see, the Bible says they pressed about him. They didn't press around the scribes and the Pharisees and the politicians and the rulers of the day. They pressed around Jesus because Jesus is the one. He's the one that makes the difference and can make a difference in your life. He's the one that was nailed on that cross and took all of our sins so that we could experience forgiveness and healing. We could be redeemed back unto God. And so today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, Pastor, my life is not right with Jesus. But as you spoke, I just felt right now that there's a drawing, a pulling in my heart. I feel that tug. Friend, that is God knocking at the door of your life. And I know that, you know, for some of you, you're thinking, well, how could that possibly be? Because I know the person that I am. I know what I did. 
I know what I said. I know what I thought. And there's no way that God will take me the way that I am. I feel too ashamed and embarrassed. And that's where you're wrong. God knows exactly where you're at. He knows the sin. He knows the failures. He knows the weaknesses. And so he looks at you through the finished work of the cross and says, in spite of all of that, I love you and I want you. And no, I'm not going to wait for you to be first rehabilitated. I'm not going to wait for you first to get your life cleaned up. I will take you just the way that you are. Man, that for me is an, is an incredible thing. Every time I think about it, it's like incredible. But that is just like God. That His love for you is simply unconditional. He loves you because He loves you. That's it. And so right now, I'd like to pray for those of you that say, Pastor, my life is not right. And as you spoke, I know that today is my day to get my life right and back on track with God. Would you pray with me? And, I, and we would be honored to do that. As you're standing right now up in the back here in front of me in Galway, Phoenix, and even Hillcrest. Come on, before you go home today, if your life is not right with God, would you give us the privilege and the honor of praying with you? so that you can experience this love, this mercy. You can experience this Jesus who is a person. You can experience Him for your very own self because even though He's omnipresent, He's a personal God. And so right now, nobody looking. Those of you that say, that's me, would you pray for me? Then right where you are, all I want you to do is just simply raise your hand. Wherever you are, when I see that hand, I'll know to pray. All right? Here we go. Just raise your hand. God bless you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. Thank you in the back. I see that hand. Anybody else? Just raise your hand right now. Right across the campuses in Phoenix. I see those hands. Hillcrest, Galway. Thank you, sir. I see that hand as well. Just lift your hand up right now. If you say that's me, would you include me? Here's what I want everybody right across the campuses. Would you help them pray this prayer for those of you that have raised your hand? Let's all pray together with them and help them. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name, just as I am, with all of my faults, all of my failures, and all of my sin. And I ask you for forgiveness. I repent today. Thank you for your blood that cleanses me and washes me. I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins and declare that today, this day, Jesus, you are my Lord, my Savior. I belong to you and you belong to me and my life will never be the same in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. We're going to wave goodbye to the various campuses, Phoenix and Hillcrest. Can we just clap for them right now? God bless you. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. Amen.